Welcome to BFC Live, the daily video and podcast series of Business of Cannabis. BFC Live highlights the company's brands, people, and trends driving the global cannabis sector. Learn more at businessofcannabis.ca. Our BFC Live guest today is Krista Raymer of Vitrina Group. She joined us to talk about her piece she penned on Business of Cannabis called Why Inventory Management is Important Beyond Compliance Audits to Your Cannabis Store. Enjoy. Krista Raymer, thanks for being here this morning. Thanks for having me, Jay. Always uh, it's always good to have you because I feel like it's a masterclass in retail. Um, and I could use all the help I can get to understand what's going on, but more than what's going on, like what do really good retail operators do? And that's what we're going to talk about today. Is that okay? Yeah. Well, thanks for the compliment because I, I don't know if I would go as far as a masterclass, but I think that there are some learnings that, um, we've had the privilege of, and there are other people in the industry too, from previous sectors that help us better understand how we can apply those, uh, learnings to this environment yes and then help describe it to me as like an eight-year-old that's <laughs> helpful to, that's helpful to me uh, <laughs> uh, and 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 uh you and the team at uh Vitrina group just wrote a piece on business of cannabis right now that says why inventory management is important beyond compliance audits to your cannabis store <laughs> and uh again i've read it i love it uh but talk to me about what inventory management is generally, and then we'll get into sort of what it means for cannabis retailers. Inventory management, I mean, covers so many different aspects of the assets that you carry in store to be sold to your customers. And so from a compliance perspective, we have to be aware of like all of the SKUs that are entering into the store that are accessible to be sold. From a business operations perspective, there's this entire other, um, almost like a strategy that we need to build around what products we carry, when we carry them, why we carry them, and how they perform. And so making decisions around what we buy for when we open the store might look a little bit different than what we buy for six months once we've been operating. But the, the most important thing I think to remember is how important inventory is to our business, really. We can't sell anything if we don't have anything to sell um, and we're in the business of selling weed. So we need to really focus and say, okay, this is one of our, going to be our biggest investments maybe outside of the initial uh, build out cost. What is this going to look like? And it's going to be something that needs to be reinvested through the entire lifespan of the business. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting. And, and in the piece, it talks about like, it is, of course, it is an asset of the business because it's in the store. It's what you're selling, <laughs> but it has a shelf life really of how, like people don't want weed that's been on the shelf too long. And so how you manage that is important. How you manage, how you understand what consumers writ large want or your consumers want, um, how you are operating and actually selling it. Um, all of those things factor in. And when you get going, there's some things you think you know, but you're really learning in real time and how you learn and how you apply that, I think is the secret sauce to being successful or one of the secret sauces. Yeah, I mean, you just dropped uh, so many really great points Sorry. there. No, so like to go back to the asset conversation, um, if you sit down with uh, an accountant, they're going to look at your inventory as a certain value from which you purchased it when you brought it in. The reality, and kind of like you said, though, is to your consumer, it's a depreciating asset. It doesn't gain value by you holding it in the store. 
So we have to be aware of how long inventory is in the store in the first place and have like strategies on how to get it out when it isn't moving, not just because it is a skew that doesn't age well, um, but also because it doesn't gain value while it's in your store. It actually costs you money to hold on to it. We have to process it. If we start to look at the costs, when we're going back and doing those compliance reviews, that is a cost allocated to each individual SKU. And when we re-merchandise the store or when your team has to move everything around, it just adds dollars um, in, in removing your gross margin on that product. And then from the other perspective, the inventory piece and the buying piece, you're right. There are very few industries right now where you buy inventory weekly. And, and it creates this other opportunity for you to iteratively buy. But to do that, you have to have the cash flow and see the return on the investment that's coming in. So if you make a really big mistake when you do your first initial buy, that can really impact how um, agile and iterative you can be when you're buying in the next couple months as you try and make up that cash flow back to reinvest. And you need to learn obviously what's happening in that particular store. Even if you have a footprint that is 10, 20 or hundred stores, they will each have their own unique sort of uh, flow of product yes. in an actual store based on staff in the store, based on the people that are coming in, based on location, based on a lot of things. And it, it's, um, it's not as easy as buying every week from the Ontario cannabis store and selling it hundred percent and then buying the next lot. It's, it's much, I mean, I know it's much more complicated than that, but like how do retailers think about it? Like where are they getting their data? How do they apply that data? Are they doing it particularly well? Or could everybody be doing better? Or is this constant, you know, improvement process? So that's a, that's quite complicated, actually. Um, one of the things when we think about buying and inventory, the data piece is something um, where we need to look at the quality of the data. Mm -hmm. So right now, in if you were a retailer and you were going to open your doors, um, to make your very first inventory decisions, there are a couple different avenues that you can go down to find the data. In Ontario, you're going to be provided uh, the OCS data. And they're going to present to you the top performing SKUs um, and give you a little bit of an idea around the velocity of those SKUs across stores. That doesn't tell you exactly how those SKUs perform in your space. That doesn't tell you how your team understands those SKUs. That doesn't tell you how the SKUs are going to show up in your store. And so all of those things can impact what might be a top performing SKU in your space. The other thing is, is that once we are in to actually running and managing the store, we have to look and say, what are my accessible points to pull this information, to look at my historical view and then make the decision um, that is like gut feel backed by data about what can perform in the future. So looking at the historical sales and understanding how well products come in and go back out and how quickly that process is happening makes um, and leads you to be able to make decisions around where you should reinvest moving forwards. One of the biggest mistakes and just like as a simple call out most stores, especially as we are getting to a point where we are having so many stores open up, are bar buying far too many 
options off the bat. And so now we're trying to chase and understand all of these products and your teams have to understand the products and the butt tenders have to be able to communicate the differences between all of these products to the customer. So if there's one thing that I would like ask every single retailer to do is to cut down the amount of inventory you buy at the very beginning. It should facilitate the business. There's no value to having it and carrying it for three weeks, for example. So really pare it down and, and keep it tight because you're going to have the opportunity to know where to reinvest in the future. But if you go wide and get narrow, that's going to take a lot of cash flow to do that. As opposed to the other way around, go narrow and then go wide or, or just stay narrow and, and really hone that narrow. Like we are carrying this large format flower, like these two options. We're carrying the, this, you know, these pre-rolls, we're carrying these vapes, we're carrying these um, edibles, these beverages. And I think it is because what you're describing, I think, is also the confusing part for consumers too, right? It's like you go into a store and there's, you know, 400 options. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know the difference between all of them. I don't even know all the brands. And this is what I spend all day talking about, right? Like all those things are really complicated. Never mind all the way down to the bud tender, who is the most important interaction. Like I've been talking, we've been talking to brands, you, you, you as well. It's like, how do you simplify that conversation with a bud tender? from a brand perspective, so they can simplify it for a consumer perspective. And that is like goal one to selling stuff. A hundred percent. Like if your teams don't understand the product, it's going to have a really difficult time to be sold. Um, and so the more complicated we make that, the more difficult it is going to be to get through your inventory. So buying inventory is a bit of an art and a bit of a science and that we want to look at the data that has told us how well we're performing so far, benchmark, and then make decisions on how we're gonna reinvest in the future. On the back end, you as a retailer or um, as a bud tender, understanding the differences between the SKUs that you carry will really, really help. Your customers also understand that. And so you're, you're going down a really interesting path when you talk about like how we start to build a strategy that picks a category and then builds out what we're going to carry within that category and what categories we carry, right? Like for everybody carrying concentrates might not be for every store, but carrying pre-rolls also might not be for every store. So we have to understand our customer and then start to iterate past that. Well, I like it. I'm going to direct people to your article because it's really good. And to you, if you have more questions, because it is, and it is, you know, down to the store level, it is really important to sort of think about all those externalities, the data, the insights, what's moving in the store, your staff's ability to sell it, your ability to hold inventory um, and make investments in it. Uh, but thank you again for some really thoughtful conversation, for some thoughtful writing and for sharing it with us and our audience. And uh, we look forward to connecting with you down the road. And just a note, on April 7th, we will have a retail series event uh, with our friends at MIQ talking all about digital marketing for retailers which and how to drive people into your store, which is sort of another part that we need to talk a lot about. And so we'll do that on April 7th and folks can sign up on our website. Um, but Krista, thanks for joining us here on a Friday morning. Thanks. I'm really excited to be able to pull this inventory piece to the marketing piece to get the product sold. Yeah. I like it too. I like it too. Thanks, Krista. Thanks.
Thank you for joining us on BFC Live today. We're able to do what we do thanks to our ongoing partners, including Cannabis at Work, Cannabis Benchmarks, Can Delta, Headset, Gallagher, and Torque and Maine.